At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 67, Intuitive Eating and Your Child. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board-certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker. I'm also a passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, motivation, and mindset so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this. Children have natural ability with eating. They eat as much as they need, they grow in the way that is right for them, and they learn to eat the food their parents eat. Ellen Satter from Ellen Satter's Division of Responsibility in Feeding. Happy Sunday, veggie lovers. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am so happy to be back with you today and so, so excited to bring you this episode of the intuitive eating series. So today I'm going to start talking more about how to apply the principles of intuitive eating to your child and to your family and how you approach feeding your child and feeding your family. So if you just started listening to my podcast, the past few episode episodes, I've been talking about intuitive eating and describing what it is. I've had some interviews with some experts, including the co-creator of Intuitive Eating, Elise Resch. Also have discussed health at every size and why sometimes we need to make sure that we are not paying too much attention to the size of our child's body, but more on habits and behaviors. We're gonna continue that conversation in this episode today. But another topic that we have touched on in the past few episodes is dieting and how dieting can be harmful to our health, both physically and mentally, psychologically, and also how it is incompatible with intuitive eating. So this week, I'm going to talk to you more about how we can apply this to our children. But before I get on to this episode, I wanted to remind you that my book is going to be out very, very soon. 
it is headed to the printer this week, thank goodness. I don't have the official release date, but hopefully end of October, early November. If you aren't already signed up for my newsletter, I would love it if you signed up. I send weekly emails about the podcast and of course any news that I have going. You can sign up for my newsletter at dryami.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-A-M-I.com forward slash sign up. Or you can text the word fiber, F-I-B-E-R to the number 66866. Text fiber to 66866. My book is titled A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. I can't wait to get this book in my hands. It's so exciting. It's been almost a whole year since I started working on it, and it's been such an interesting and amazing ride, and I just feel so honored and privileged to be able to have a published book very soon, and I can't wait to share it with you. I really hope that it helps a lot of people and helps a lot of parents feel more relaxed and empowered and ready to take charge of feeding their children and their family. I also wanted to remind you that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, especially now that we're starting to talk about kids, their size, their eating. Um, This is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. As a physician myself, I know how important it is to get a full history and physical, look at growth charts, really evaluate a child. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please consult a medical professional. Okay, so let's get on with it. So first of all, I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for being a parent and for caring so much about your child and your child's diet and their eating. I know how stressful it can be to be a parent and how much thought and time it takes to try to be deliberate about what you do as a parent and to do the best you can. So thank you for being there. Thank you for being the best that you can. So let me explain to you the situation. So the situation is that feeding kids can be stressful. It's kind of fun at the beginning, but then soon after that, we really start to get anxious. We start to get anxious about what our kid is and isn't eating. Are they getting enough vitamins? Are they getting enough nutrition? We start to worry about their size. Are they too small? Are they too big? We start to worry about their habits. Are they starting to eat too many sweets or, or like to eat too many sweets? And then suddenly that becomes a concern about their future. And we look 20 or 30 years down the road and we imagine them, you know, by themselves in an apartment eating only mac and cheese or something like that. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But you can see how this progresses from these little worries and it just builds from there. In addition to that, we get lots of input from outside sources. So everybody is well-meaning. They all care about us. They care about our kids. But we have family members. We have friends, various medical providers that are giving us input on our child and whether they're the right size, they're eating the right thing, eating too much, eating too little. But kids themselves, it's a moving target. They're fickle, especially toddlers. 
they are changing, their preferences are changing, their development is changing, their personalities are evolving. And suddenly one day they decide they don't like a food that they've liked for a long time, or they want to throw everything down on the floor, or they don't want to eat at all a meal, or maybe just take a bite here or there. And then we start to worry and worry and worry. And what's also confusing is that each child is different. They all come with different personalities, food preferences, different levels of interest in food, different growth patterns and sizes. And a lot of these things have genetic origins or children are going to be different. And so when parents think, okay, this other kid's a really good eater and this kid isn't. And I'm concerned that this one child is eating too many sweets and this child doesn't eat enough vegetables. And it's very confusing and it's very stressful and anxiety provoking. So then the problem is that when parents start to get overly concerned about their child, the most common concern I see is my child isn't eating enough or my child is too picky we see that parents start to change their behavior or what they do in order to change what their child is doing. 85% of parents try to get their child to eat more. That means that they're doing some sort of thing at mealtime. They're either getting the spoon, encouraging their child to eat it, bribing their child with dessert, doing some sort of reward system for them to eat their vegetables. However, the research shows that forcing our children to eat makes children less likely to eat more fruits and vegetables. And for some kids especially, it may cause them to eat less in general because they don't want to be forced to eat. Another common concern I see is parents who feel that their child eats too much. They never stop eating, they wanna eat all the time, constantly asking for snacks. And then those parents may start to restrict food, get overly concerned about how much food their child eats at mealtime. And sometimes that also has an opposite reaction in that the child actually becomes more focused on food and wants to eat more. So what's happening whenever we have these worries is that we are starting to interfere with a child's internal cues. Now, if you go back to the episode when I talked about intuitive eating, just want to remind you that intuitive eating is the ability to tune in to our own internal signals for hunger and satiety, to tune in to when our body says, I'm hungry, it's time to eat, or I've had enough, I'm going to stop eating now. And this comes from the inside. Babies are born with the ability to use and respond to these cues. And we trust babies. We trust babies when they're born to signal us to start having, to start displaying cues when they're hungry. It might be rooting or sucking on their tongue or on their hand or even crying. So these are all cues that the baby uses to tell us, I'm hungry. And so then we feed the baby, whether it's via breast or via bottle. 
And then the baby starts to show us cues that it's done. It pulls its head away. It turns its head away. It starts crying. It falls asleep. So there's all kinds of things that the baby does to signal that it's done eating. Well, this in, these internal cues don't go away. But what happens is as a child changes and their needs change, we start to get anxious. So babies grow really fast. They need a lot of calories and they're eating a lot. They're eating frequently. However, once they transition from infancy into toddlerhood, they sometimes slow down in how much they're eating. And in addition to that, at the same time, they become way more interested in their environment. So you can remember back or if you have a little 18 month old who is walking around, getting into everything, climbing everything, that's way more exciting to them than to stop every two to three hours to eat. And they may not need to eat that frequently anymore. Or when they do, it's just a little bit and then they can sate their hunger and then move on. So then we start to get worried and then we don't trust our child anymore. We think, okay, they're not eating, something bad's gonna happen, let's chase them around with food, let's encourage them, let's get them to eat more. And it's also confusing, like I said before, because that child at that age may have other developmental changes that make it so that their food preferences change from when they're infancy. So the solution is to go back to trusting our child's internal cues and their signals of when they're hungry and when they're satisfied. Ideally, this is something that we want to foster from birth, that we want to encourage and support from birth, but it's never too late to start and it's never impossible to relearn these internal cues. So research shows that even women that have had eating disorders and have totally ignored their internal cues, they've totally changed the way that they respond to when they're gonna eat and when they're gonna stop, they can relearn to eat in an intuitive way, listening to that hunger and satiety and paying attention to that. So that's really what I want to encourage you to do as a parent is to really start paying attention and to trust and respect your child's ability to tune in to their internal cues for hunger and satiety. So I want to talk to you about Ellen Satter. At the beginning of this podcast, the quote that I gave was from Ellen Satter, and she's been doing this work for a long, long time. She calls it competent eating, and it is about respecting and honoring hunger and satiety in the children, but also she came up with something called the division of responsibilities, and the way I summarize it is that both the parent and your child, so both a parent and a child have different roles. And it's important for them to maintain their autonomy in these roles. As a parent, you decide what, when, and where the child is going to eat. So you, you're going to decide what you're going to serve the child, when, and where they're going to eat. In my book, I go more into 
sitting at the table and having, you know, more about the structure and those kinds of things. But these are the basics. That's your role. The child decides if they're going to eat and how much they're going to eat. When they, whenever you present them with their food, you present the food options for that meal or that eating opportunity, they have to tune in and figure out, are they hungry and how hungry am I? Am I even going to eat any of this stuff? Am I going to eat any of the broccoli or am I just going to eat the, the pasta? Am I going to eat any of these beans or am I just going to eat the grapes? So they're going to decide if and how much they're going to eat. As a parent, you decide what, when, and where. So after you make your decisions on the part that you have your autonomy on, then you step back, take a deep breath, and try your best not to interfere with your child's autonomy, with what their job, their role is. But it is important too, to have structure to mealtime and these eating opportunities, these meals and snacks or whatever it is that you wanna call them in your family. And to have some sort of organizational structure around meals. I recommend it be sitting down, that your child be in their own seat, in their own high chair, um, and that they have autonomy over their food and how much they're going to eat. And then you create food for them that you know, at least something that you know that they enjoy, that they like, and continue to offer them and present to them new foods, knowing that it takes time and exposure, repetition for a child to become familiar with and accept a new food. So this process does for some parents and probably for a lot of parents, because this is not the way we're used to feeding our children, require a lot of patience, a lot of deep breaths, a lot of trust, and a lot of practice. Because you're probably at the very beginning, if especially if you're used to always telling your kid, come on, eat a few more bites, come on. No, you can't get you can't leave the table until you eat a few more bites. If you're used to doing that, you're gonna have to relearn a new way to do things and it's I'm telling you because I've been there before it's not easy to do this at the beginning it just takes some practice but once you get it it's going to be so much better and there's going to be less stress at the table what happens with children that are used to being told that you need to eat more you need to finish your meal whatever is that it's stressful for them and they come to the table already defensive already putting up a fight and then it just becomes a battle and meal time is not pleasant for anybody hey humans i know you want to eat healthier but feel strapped for time and even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out well have you considered trying a meal kit service Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. 
you get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients, as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide their recipe cards, and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello, spring. And time is limited, especially if you want fresh, home cooked, healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use the code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutrigreens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutrigreens, and we loved it. The Daily Nutrigreens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend, along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients, such as B12, iron, iron, zinc, and selenium. The daily greens are certified organic and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The daily Nutri-Greens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! When I tried the apple banana daily Nutri-Greens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink. Integrate it into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time or access to fresh green veggies. If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutri-Greens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutri-Greens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
So those are the basics of really allowing your child to respond to their internal cues for hunger and satiety. But I wanted to also, in this episode, touch on the five pillars of healthy eating that I describe in my book and will give you even a little bit more of a foundation. I'm not going into depth about any of these topics in this episode because I really wanted it to be an introduction, something for you to start thinking about. And then in other episodes, we can delve deeper into each one of these topics. But the five pillars of healthy eating, I created it so that I can help guide parents to using intuitive eating, but also help guide them into what to focus on as far as food and how to place this within your own life, within modern life, within the reality that kids go to school and there's parties and there's restaurants and there's vacations and all of these kinds of things. And ultimately, my goal as a parent, as a physician, a pediatrician, and as a coach is to really help my patients and my clients reach a state of well-being, decrease the risk of chronic disease and increase longevity, as well as support and foster a healthy body image and confidence in their bodies and in their food choices. So those are my goals and that is why I created these five pillars of healthy eating. So the first pillar is honor hunger and satiety. And so that's what we've talked about already really respecting your child's internal cues, respecting your own internal cues. Go back to that intuitive eating episode where I talk more about that. But for children, that specifically involves not force feeding them, not forcing them to eat or finish their food or eat a certain food, not restricting them when they are hungry at mealtime from eating more if they're hungry, and also avoiding rewarding with food. Avoid using food and edible things as rewards for behavior or for any of those kinds of things because that can set up a habit for emotional eating, starting to associate food with reward. And I'm not saying that food is not pleasurable and that food should not be enjoyed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying trying not to start a specific association between something else and food because that can turn into a lifelong habit. So that is honor, hunger, and satiety. Respect your child, respect their body's intelligence to be able to tell them when they are hungry and when they are done, when they are satisfied. Number two, emphasize whole plant foods. Hopefully, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I am a big advocate of eating whole plant foods. Why? Because the research shows that whole plant foods are packed with antioxidants and fiber. And that fiber has so many benefits. Not only does it help our digestion, which most people know, but it also binds with excess cholesterol and excess toxins in our bodies and help 
evacuate those with waste. It feeds our good gut bacteria, our microbiome. So the fiber is a prebiotic to our little bugs in our intestines. So that's good. And it also gives us satiety. So it helps us feel full, but with less calories so that we eat the calorie amount that is appropriate for our bodies. It's a little bit more what our body is used to as opposed to these ultra processed foods that are not found in nature, that are man-made. So emphasize whole plant foods because it just feels good. It decreases our risk of disease. It helps our body function better, our digestion, a lot of things, and it increases our chances for long, healthy lives, longevity. So that is number two. So number one, honor hunger and satiety. Number two, emphasize whole plant foods. Oh, and what are whole plant foods? Hopefully by now you know, but fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts and seeds and beans all in their whole form as much as possible, unprocessed, mildly or just low processing of these foods and make that the majority of what you eat. It does not have to be all or nothing. So whenever I talk about emphasizing whole plant foods, I'm not saying that is all you have to eat. And I'm not expecting all of my listeners or everybody that I talk to to become vegan or to become 100% whole foods plant-based and that's we're going to address that in another pillar so number three establish a positive environment so what i mean by establishing a positive environment is think about where you live work and play and where your child spends the most their most of their time at You don't have control over everything obviously but you do have control over a lot of it particularly your home So I do want to remind you that you are the boss of your household, you and your partner, your spouse, or whoever you share and kind of, you know, um, make the decisions with in your house, but you guys are the boss. So you have the responsibility of what you create in that environment because our environment is our vision board for life. So what we have, what we're exposed to in our environment is usually what we live, right? So what do you have in the refrigerator, in the pantry? What do you have in your freezer? What are the types of foods that are present in your house? And my recommendation is to make the majority of that whole plant foods, make it health promoting foods, provide structure, But one thing that we may not think about, and then I address more in my book, is what messages are we sending to our children and our family? Not just about food and about our health, but also about our bodies and our size. Are we talking about dieting? Are we engaging in fat talk? Are we looking at magazines about dieting or about quote fitness what are the beliefs that we are promoting in our household and does this support a healthy body image does it support confidence 
in our bodies and in our choices? Or are we sending the message that we can't trust our bodies, that we have to avoid a certain macronutrient in order to be quote slim or any of those things? So just take a moment and evaluate. What are the messages that are present in your environment, whether it's from you or from other members of the household? And what it is, what is it that you are filling your house with? What is, what are the foods available? Are they health promoting? The majority. It does not have to be 100%. I'm not expecting people's houses to be some kind of pristine mecca of just whole plant foods. That's not what I'm saying. But are you satisfied with what your environment is showing about you does it does it reflect your values does it reflect the state of health that you want to be in okay so number one honor hunger and satiety number two emphasize whole plant foods fruits vegetables whole grains beans nuts and seeds number three establish a positive environment not just for food and health promoting foods but for a healthy body image. Number four is be flexible. So what I mean by that is focus on health promoting foods the majority of the time, but allow some wiggle room in there. Before I've called this the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, be as health promoting as you can be. So that 20% of the time, you can be a little bit more flexible. Is it okay for your kids to be participating in birthday parties and having those foods with their friends or parties at school, social events, holiday celebrations? Does it have to be all or nothing for your family? Do you avoid those things because there's food that's going to be there? Do you fear food? Do you fear those foods being present? So just something to think about and something to decide with your family. What is going to be your level of flexibility? Not just because it's part of life, but also because sometimes when we get overly restrictive as our children grow up, I'm not talking about toddlers and preschoolers here who they're not exposed to that as much. But once your kids get in school, once they're out in the world and they see what is present, whenever we overly restrict things, it creates a greater allure for those things. It also kind of changes how we live our lives. So I'm not saying that anything is right or wrong. I'm just saying evaluate what that level of flexibility is going to be like for you. How are treats or play foods, which I describe in my book, it is a term that was developed by Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli. I love the term play foods. How are play foods going to be part of your life? How are you going to integrate those and talk to your children about them and allow them to consume those so that they can see how it feels in their body and they have the ability to regulate their intake based upon their own internal cues. Okay, so that is pillar number four, be flexible. So number one, honor hunger and satiety. Number two, emphasize whole plant foods. Number three, establish a positive environment. Number four, be flexible. And finally, number five, relax and have fun. So this is just a reminder to all the parents, all the mamas and dads out there that 
we're doing the best we can. I'm a parent too. My children are still younger, nine-year-old and a 14-year-old. Not perfect. I make mistakes, but I know that I'm doing the best I can and my children are doing well. They're happy. They're thriving. They're healthy. So just do the best you can. Don't stress out. Don't overcomplicate it. And just tweak here and there. If you have a week that it was mass chaos and you didn't have enough time to batch cook and you guys had to do takeout a few times and whatever, you know, the next week just evaluate, okay, how can I do a little bit better next week? How can I change it so that we're eating foods that help us feel better and help give us energy and sleep better and digest better? What can I do next week to decrease the risk that this is going to happen and just you know let it go you're a great parent you're doing awesome and I believe in you and I know this because I work with parents that are really doing the best they can they're doing awesome their kids are thriving and they beat themselves up a lot and that doesn't help either beating yourself up doesn't help you just want to do the best you can so relax and have fun So those are the five pillars of healthy eating, honor hunger and satiety, emphasize whole plant foods, establish a positive environment, be flexible, relax, and have fun. Because parenting, it is a journey. It is definitely a trip and you want to enjoy it while you can. If you want to have more explanation about these things, definitely pre-order my book. When you sign up for my newsletter, on dryami.com forward slash sign up, you will get a really beautiful download. And it has these five pillars on there. In addition, I have some recipes on there and a list of resources. So I recommend that if this is something that you really want to learn more about, definitely sign up for my newsletter, get that download and get started. So it's not that complicated. It does take patience it takes practice it takes trust and trial and error and you have to find out how to apply it to your own family your own life and i just i would love to hear about it i would love to hear how you're doing if you found this helpful send me an email and i hope that you stay tuned next week we're going to talk about picky eating and what i think picky eating is If you're interested in learning more from Ellen Satter, you can find her on ellensatterinstitute.org. And Ellen is spelled E-L-L-Y-N. Satter is S-A-T-T-E-R, institute.org. She has great books. Her original book is called Child of Mine, Feeding with Love and Good Sense. She also has one called Secrets of Feeding a Healthy Family and Your Child's Weight, Helping Without Harming. And of course, the intuitive eating book by Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli. And I will put both of these in the show notes and in the blog post so that you can have somewhere to find them and purchase them if you'd like. My call to action this week is to start noticing how often, if you do, when, where, you interfere with your child's eating? Are you being that external cue? Are you encouraging more or are you restricting intake? So I just want you to tune in and notice 
when you do it or when the urge to do it comes up, what situation is that in? And just kind of listen to your thoughts. What are the thoughts you're having? Are you getting anxious? Are you getting anxious that your child doesn't eat enough vegetables or eating too many sweets or whatever? Just start noticing. Pay attention to how often it's happening. So that is my call to action for you for this week. This was so awesome. I hope you liked it. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening today. And I will catch you next week. But until then, I hope that you have a very, very plantastic day. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.